the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, episode 126. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly, and we are recording, as always, at the Storybook Inn Studios. We are back for the first time in a long time for a Thursday educational episode. I have had a couple of guests lately, and we mentioned the film Unprescribed, uh, both Fabian Henry and then also Christian Ryan from earlier this week. We had talked about the film Unprescribed, and so I thought that I should probably get Steve Elmore on to talk a little bit more about the film. Steve is the writer, director, producer, key gaffer, coffee boy, whatever you want to call him for the film Unprescribed. It's kind of his baby, and it's an amazing documentary that I watched a few weeks ago. Highly recommend it to anyone to go out and listen to, and I'm very pleased to welcome him to the program. Steve, thanks for joining us on the Cannabis Hills Me podcast. Thank you, Rachel. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, and I'm I'm thrilled that you're here with me. Are you the, what was your official title with the movie? Uh, besides Jack of All Trades, I was, uh, it was almost a one-man show, uh, save for the help of some volunteers. Uh, but officially, I'm credited as producer, director, and uh, those are the two I go by. I'm also the, the primary editor and, uh, and film, I'm the cameraman. The, this, yeah, so, and then some, and then recently with the, uh, with the critic reviews, uh, I've been credited as writer, which I guess makes sense because I pretty much had to do the storyline and everything as well. Yeah, well, that's great. I, I watched the movie. I got an invite to the screening, I think, that Ilara was doing. And I live in Texas, so I'm like, you know, I would love to come, but that would be a tough commute for me to Pennsylvania from here. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how the movie got on my radar and really just kind of dropped the ball because they invited me several months ago and just kind of, you know, life and Corona and life, you know, just mm -hmm. things getting crazy. So followed, followed up with you and ended up watching the documentary and I really loved it. I loved the, the, the men and women that you had on there speaking about these issues and it was just a really, really well done. So, you know, you, you deserve a pat on the back for what a great job you did on the film. I was very, very pleased with it. I was wondering, how do you get involved in something like this? What, what made you think, oh, I, I want to do a, a movie about cannabis because that's, that's not always at the top of everybody's priority list. That, that's actually the golden question. Um, so for the most part, like I said, this was a one-man film because this was actually a per, had some personal ties. Um, I have, I have uh, very deep anxiety and uh, I've had some, some lifetime traumas. And, but I've a, I'm a career military person. I've, I've mm -hmm. worked for the, I did 20 years in the United States Air Force. I retired. I went to work uh, at Fort Meade for the public affairs office on the installation there. Eventually went to the Pentagon and so on and so forth. And today I'm still working with veterans. And uh, the idea came to me, it was brought to my attention about medical cannabis from uh, another Air Force veteran who 
just a short story before, as soon as I got out of the Air Force, uh, they were talking about sequestration and taking away Air Force benefits, well, retiree benefits in general. And that pissed me off. And I thought I'd go ahead and use what tools I had available. And that was my skills as a, as a photographer and my love mm -hmm. for editing. And I decided I was going to make a documentary called Allegiance to the Same, which was based on the oath that Congress takes to to serve our country as well as our service members, just like we take a similar oath. Anyway, long story short, thanks to the VSOs, MSOs, they cleared that up and didn't have any more fight to fight. So I shelved it, but there were some trailers that I had on YouTube. And a gentleman who got out of the Air Force had a friend of his who were going to start a grow in the Midwest, brought the idea to me about documenting their, their experience because it was a very conservative state. They didn't know if they would fail or succeed. And my first thought was, hey, yeah, I'd, I'd love to help my fellow veterans out. And anything that's a veteran documentary, that's what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about this cannabis because, you know, I just spent 20 years being preached that it was the devil's lettuce. I'll risk my life and limb. I'll, I'll lose all my benefits. I'll get kicked out. Not only will I lose my job, I'll probably go to jail. You know, it was that bad. So you talk about your, your civilian law and everything. Then you take it a step further with the military. And so that's always been a fear over our heads. And we've always been preached that it's, a schedule one drug. It's as bad as LSD and or work, yep. you know, as bad as, 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 you know, heroin and, and other very dangerous drugs. You and I know today that that's, that's bullshit. That, mm -hmm. That's a lie. I didn't know that. But when I started working with these veterans, this was 2017, about three years ago, it was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? This sounds cool. I'd like, I like it. Let's do it. We'll, uh, I'll definitely, I'll talk to the, I'll talk to the, uh, you know, the federal side of the house, get, get some objective viewpoints on the negative sides of it. And we'll look at your positive side and we'll see where it goes. Long story short, they didn't have the budget to do it. It didn't seem like it was going to work out. But by the time I had gotten done working on, on all of the, uh, the, the plans and doing my research and, and the education that they taught me, they were working with NFL players and treating TBI. They were working with veterans for PTSD. And they, they were the ones that turned me on to the organization normal. And uh, fast forward, um, here I am um, a suicide survivor. I, I attempted to take my life while I was on active duty mid-career. Wow. And which is why I'm a big advocate for mental health because it, it was like, as an, as an airman, you never wanted to go and seek out mental health because you would jeopardize your career. Holy cow, I'll kick you out if you're crazy. That's just not true. I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn by waking up in a hospital and it hit home with me about uh, treating anxiety and, and depression and, and suicidal ideations. And I made it a personal mission to air the truth, to find mm -hmm. out. Now, mind you, 2017, we're, we're, it's just now starting to get popular. I mean, they've only legalized it in so many states up at this point and things. And so it was a really hot topic. But was really cool. I, let's fast forward here. I get to uh, I, I I call normal because they get, these guys mention it. Turns out these guys have already been bugging normal a bunch to you know to try to get them to fund it, and they thought I was asking for money. They directed me to the uh, to the American Legion, and boy, that was a stroke of luck because the the, uh, the communications uh, director is a retired Marine. Uh, who was a PA like myself, a public affairs officer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was working already with the Congressional Cannabis Caucus on trying to fight for veterans access to cannabis. 
And he was already in contact with Boone, Janine, and Josh and Doc Sisley. That's and awesome. it was sort of like a dream come true. You just like, you know, you hear about stumbling onto the right place at the right time. And for me, that was my moment. And uh, I sat down and long story short, he flipped open a book and he says, who do you want to talk to first? Wow. And he showed me all these, you know, these, these congressmen, gave me all this information. And I just decided I started with Doc Sisley. And, and sure enough, she was willing to help out and did, did my first interview for me helped me build a uh, proof of concept trailer. Mind you, I've never made anything more than short films at this point. This has always been more of a hobby um, and just still photography as a profession. Um, but I, uh, I moved forward and um, one thing led to another and, and Doc Sisley introduced me to Boone. Boone says, I really need to talk to Josh. Josh says, hey, I'm down here in Florida. Why don't you talk to Mama Lutz? And then Mama Lutz was like, I'm on board. We got to talk about my son. And we had the whole, we had the whole story sort of already starting to fall into place. Mm -hmm. At this point, um, I had made some efforts of trying to reach others to get a bigger audience and funding. But independents like myself who really have a story and a passion, we aren't necessarily the best businessman in fundraising. My impatience kind of played into it a little bit, but I literally, I just started booking airplane tickets and, and dates and recruiting volunteers everywhere I could. At this point, I'm working at the Pentagon and I made it, I had just started working there right at the, uh, at the presidential changeover at the, mm -hmm. at the last time. And um, by virtue of being in public affairs and working with the folks that work with Hollywood productions, I just knocked, you know, talked to my colleague and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Is this okay? He said, sure. So as long as you're not doing any work on duty time and you're not bad mouthing the DOD, you can go ahead and do whatever you want. And so clear and clears the belly, you know, at the time That's I great. had the top secret clearance, you know, so, so um, I'm still, it's uh, some, you know, I'm worried about my job, but you know, I, you know, I'm not worried about it because, you know, I've used cannabis before I went in the military. And uh, so I kind of knew that, but to find out all these medical benefits was amazing. So um, fast forward, um, I finally got things put in the, in the can and um and then we wound up finishing the film and getting it, uh, getting a few awards in some different film festivals. And then we got we got the wind of uh, Congressman Rohrenbach's office and the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, thanks to my colleague, um, to to uh, my colleague who was at the American Legion. He's no longer there. He's at uh, Wounded Warrior Project, but. Um, yeah, so they invited me to screen my film on Capitol Hill on April 28th uh, in, in the uh, 450 seat um, uh, congressional auditorium. If you haven't That's seen amazing. This place, it's gorgeous. So I feel like I finally, I just, I just leaped and leaps and bounds shot for the moon and, and reached and I hit the stars because I had my whole goal of the film was to inflate to to impact the American audiences, to, to influence our legal, you know, our, our, our legislators to change the laws to take it off the schedule one drug. Yeah. And here I've got an invitation to some ears who are going to listen to me. And then COVID-19 hit. Oh, man. I was wondering when you mentioned the date, I'm like, wait, that was in the midst of all this stuff. So it didn't end up getting screened there after no. all? No. 
Mm. But um, so it, this is um, so this is where the personal side of the story goes. So it's kind of like, you know, here I am. I'm on I'm on cloud nine. Everything's going well. Mind you, I'm you know, I'm, I'm fighting for suicide advocacy and, and mm-hmm. anxiety and things like that. Well, um, it's bad enough that I had. Um, um, what do you call it? Phobia of crowds and things. But now mm-hmm. I now I've I've brought on agoraphobia and and depression and, and everything else. So um, the last several months have been have been pretty down. Um, but then I got picked up for a new uh, streaming service. Um, it was just there was there was enough steps of faith that um, that the things just started falling into place. And by May 1st, the, the, the film had already been starting to screen, but I didn't realize anything until more like June. And then by then, when I finally got a, a, a small check, um, I was happy that I had a home for my thing. And so I started digging myself out of, out of the hole. And, uh, and one thing I can talk about that helped me through that was CBD. And uh, it, it's one of those things that really helped ease my mind. Well, that's great. Um, but so today now i'm working so i was getting so the film was doing um doing well in in uh, as far as my my military audience on social media and things Mm -hmm. like that but nobody's ever heard of this new service and so when i checked back on it it turned out there wasn't a lot of audience viewers um looking at it and so um once again, I, I, I turned to my veteran community and I, I just basically opened up my heart and, and let people know that, um, that this film is out there, but it, it's just sitting there. And um, lo and behold, um, the word's starting to get out and people are starting to talk about it. And so we're looking into doing some, um, some veteran suicide advocacy. So I wound up joining a couple of groups, um, but the one I started, with most recently was the, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm getting winded because I have a lot of emotion involved in this, but the uh, Veterans Action Council, um, I think we changed the name just recently, but basically uh, cannabis veteran advocates from across the country have been getting together. And this introduced me to a lot of wonderful people who, um, one person in particular, Eric um, Stamper here in Maryland, he's, uh, he started his own nonprofit called the Vet, um, Veterans 22 Initiative. And it's a, it's a suicide prevention program, um, similar to what I'm doing. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna be screening the film in, uh, in Baltimore coming up on uh, November 22nd. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I think we are gonna talk about upcoming things, but. No, that's great. Yeah, I'm just, I'm letting things come as they go. So another thing is I also realized recently um, because I've been spending a lot of time with family and, and with the health matters and, and things like that, my mother reminded me that I also uh, experienced a tyrannic brain injury at a young age. And so it's just amazing talking with all the different veterans in these groups that I mentioned and having all these shared stories and, and how, how cannabis you know, is helping them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and seeing that, um, it's given me a new mission. So I, I, I'm pushing forward on, um, on helping them. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm great. talking a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the floor to you for a second to see. No, I mean, this, that's why this show is out here is for, for other folks to come and talk. Nobody wants to hear my voice drone on and on. <laughs> I, uh, I was pleased to see that you guys are on Amazon. 
And I was able to go out and purchase the film there and, you know, help, help a little bit on mm -hmm. that end. So how, how did, what's the process for getting it on Amazon? Is it difficult? How long did it take and all that? Um, Not to well, go real too technical, but I'm just well, well, a real easy thing with the Amazon. So the first thing is when getting involved, so I was always trying to get it on one of the big streaming services like Hulu or Netflix like that. And then during the course of these three years, just um, digital media and, and cinema and homes, home theater has just completely changed from where it used to be. When I started, Netflix was literally at the time was the place where you would put your film after you've gone to a whole bunch of different other screenings and it would end up there. Now they're the first, they're like the, the, the golden arch, you know, the, the, the heavenly gates of, of home theater and you cannot deal with them directly. You have to go through an agent. And really? Yeah, you, you cannot, they will not negotiate with um, directly with any, um, in, you know, they have to be with an actual distributor who's going to bring them a lot of materials all at once. They don't have the manpower, I guess, to sit and look and screen it, the hundreds of thousands of films they do. So it's very interesting because the place I'm working now, one of my coworkers is actually an independent filmmaker too. And he does historical films on, you know, like on women veterans and things. And he's like, Hey, I got a friend who, who, um, our, our, somebody hooked me up with this guy. He's a sales agent and he got mine picked up by a couple of small things and sold some DVDs and things like that. And so I looked the guy up and the guy was really cool and, and fair. And he wasn't like one of those pay me forward type of things. He's like, we'll just do a split shares. And it, it worked out really well. And that's where, that was all happening in the background um, leading up till May when we got picked up by Urban Flix TV. And then uh, from there, uh, they said, it's okay for our agreement if we can go ahead and, and um, I can still sell my DVDs and rentals and things like that. So, um, you know, if I wanted to, he could go ahead and upload and, and do the Amazon, but I'm a tech geek and everything. And if you know the roots of Amazon, it started with self-publishing of books. And so they still have self-publishing of, of videos as well. Um, so you can actually, if you own the rights to the film and everything like that, they have the same requirements Netflix does. You have to upload, it, it's very technical and things like that. But because I was doing the full, you know, from, from cradle to grave of the film production, I already had the technical materials they needed. And I was all doing it on my, on my Mac and everything. And so I just, typed in the specific parameters they needed and provided all the materials. And, and because I was already working with the sales agent, I had to already pr provide most of that, like the closed captioning and all the technical things go on. And uh, so it was all ready to go. You know, I've been preparing for this for like, you know, for three years. Well, that's great. Yeah. Have y'all, how does that work? Do they tell you how many views you've had or how does that uh, I know with you know podcasting, you can look in the background and see how many downloads you've had. I didn't know if they had the same sort of thing with uh, with streaming services. Yeah, well, one of the yeah one of the challenges I'm having though is again because there there is a new startup. I don't know how much they have in in the resources to provide those kind of things, but I was having to go through my agent who has to do things. So I don't have those real time updates, which really it kind of hurts. So what I've had to do recently, it's also another tough decision is when I'm doing advertising for it is how do I promote it? Do I send people there or do I send people to Amazon? And so just recently, I decided to upgrade my, my website and put them both together on a single landing page with hot links to each one. So 
Yeah, if you go to allegiancefilms.com slash watch now, I believe, or watch dash now, it'll, uh, it'll come up with that. Or you can just go to allegiancefilm.com. There's no S in that, um, by the way. So allegiancefilm.com. Okay, I yeah. will make sure to put a link to that on the show notes for today's episode. That way folks can go out and go to the show notes and get right there. So Right. And then from there I can see, and so by doing that, I'm just guessing by averaging that half the people are going to Amazon, the other half are going to the other one or, or, or some, some measure of that. And I can see the statistics in, in the Amazon, just like a, it looks almost like Google Analytics. I can see each day how many minutes somebody's watched the film for, if it was a rental or if it was a purchase. So for those who, for those who are interested in keeping me entertained, go ahead and entertain yourself with the film and let me watch the, the, the charts go up and down. I appreciate your help. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> well, it sounds like, I mean, I'm, I know it's disappointing that you were set to, to screen it in front of all these, very, the very people you want to get this film in front of. And then, you know, COVID had to squash that. Do you think there's any chance that something like that, you could get some sort of screening there again later on? Or is that, has that ship sailed already? Actually, so I've been going through a lot of, um, I, I'm calling it spiritual awakening. You can thank Fabian a little bit for that. Um, I've been uh, trying to look at things. I've been comparing these virtual conferences I've been having with, with the veterans and doing um, private rooms on Facebook with, with, with my brothers and sisters in arms and realizing that I'm not the only one in, in I hate to say Hollywood because I'm not a Hollywood person, but the, the actors and everyone else are all out of work too. And the virtual is the way to go. And I was very, very skeptical at the beginning because, you know, I'm, I'm worried about here I've invested my entire life savings. And at this point I've, I've literally made like three grand out of $25,000. Right. Right. Production. Cause that was my half of my, you know, my rating. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it's not a, you don't make documentaries to make money, but you need money to get people to see it. And that's hard. And so that's where I'm, I'm loving to be on the, on the outreach on the doing my outreach through podcasts. And that's mm -hmm. where my, my, my spiritual awakening came and is realizing that I can still reach veterans virtually. In talking with these different veterans groups, um, one group, the Veterans Cannabis Coalition, is um, by a veteran by the name of Eric Gopal or Gopel. And he is he is a frequent visitor to the Hill. In fact, he you, if you watch C-SPAN, you'll see him up there quite often fighting for veterans access to cannabis. And uh, he and I were, were working on, um, on, I don't know if you about, know the story about Sean Worsley, but he was a veteran who got uh, jailed for cannabis possession. Oh, is that the guy in Mississippi? Alabama. Alabama. I know it's yeah. one of those backward Southern states. Exactly. So we were, we were trying to <laughs> like do Like Texas isn't, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so we were trying to work on some activism together to try to help Sean out and, and Ebony, his wife. And um, fast forward um, talking about um, trying to get some word out about the film and things. So with election coming up, it's something that we're going to have to keep pushing forward. We were going to aim for veteran or for Veterans Day, but it, it's, it's just going to be too close. But we yeah. are working together to create a summit of sorts or a conference. It's going to be a, a virtual meeting 
where we already got um, a verbal okay from uh, Rohrenbach to do a five minute speak about the, the cause, about veterans cannabis. That's awesome. And we're, it's all gonna be centered around a screening of unprescribed. Mm-hmm. And um, Josh, Boone, Janine, uh, Fabian, myself, we all got together and we've already pre-recorded um, the, the keynote segment for this. And then on top of that, we're going to have two other segments, one on the medical, I believe, and the other segment is going to be on the legal side of it. And we're going to talk about Ebony and, and, and the folks that are helping to voice uh, Sean's causes there as well. So um, all good things come to those who wait. We don't want to rush things. We don't know where our political presence is going to be. And we don't want our political audience not paying attention because they're distracted by the sidelines. So we're going to push it out a little bit further. So it may be something in February, perhaps, or um, uh, sometime after, um, yeah, sometime after December, February timeframe. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea because everybody is so worried about politics right now. Exactly. You can't, you can't get them to focus on something else. And who knows how long it'll take before a winner is declared after election day. So exactly. Yeah. And so, and we also have to remember that the fight's not over, even if we do get it legalized, we, we still got expungements look like Sean's case, right. for example, and uh, just so many different things, especially the expungement. I just can't believe mm-hmm. that people could be, you know, still in jail for 30 years for less pot than people are making millions off of right now. At the yeah. So no, you're absolutely right. right on that. What is, um, what is the status of Sean's case? Is I mean, he's in a jail cell right now, isn't he? Yes, but he has been paroled. And okay. they're waiting for further information on that. Um, and, you know, it, it, and if we that's a whole other subject, I could probably come on and talk to you about sometime, yeah. too, is because the whole reason why he's in there in the first place is because, um, you know, he's from Arizona and this happened mm-hmm. out of state. And then there was a missed court date and then he had to fly out all the way on a short notice. And so now he's got this felony for not showing up. And now they they they, you know, um, you know what the word is where they bring him back out of state yeah and and and, uh and so that's where he is now and and now he's got that on top of it out of virtually no cause of his own which is really a a sign of where we are in the cannabis laws which again that's what i talk about in the film is 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 the whole reason for prohibition is based on racism and discrimination you know it started back in the 30s with with the uh with the with the tax stamp to Mm -hmm. uh you know to, to to you know, basically discriminate about Mexicans and, 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 um, and so forth. And then leading into the sixties, you know, with the, uh, with the hippies and the blacks, that's where they came up with the schedule, you know, the, the drug schedule in the first place with the Nixon office. So even target, even after, and I can't remember off the top of my head, because I have a two second memory that, Mm -hmm. you know, Nixon had commissioned that guy, the Schaefer commission, he had commissioned Schaefer to go out and study cannabis and Schaefer came back and said, look, this doesn't need to be on the schedule. This doesn't need to be, yeah. certainly doesn't need to be schedule one. And, yeah, you know, Heron, um, Housen, or Heron House, what's his, no, not, what's it's, um, the drugs are from the, from the thirties. Anslinger? Anslinger. Harry, Harry Anslinger, had like yeah. what, 13 or something tests and only one of them came back negative and he said, we'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's some pretty shady stuff that got, got this plant made illegal in the first place, but you know, that's, I guess that's water under the bridge. And, and now we've got nine years worth of propaganda to overcome. Absolutely. So I, I, I 
regain my, my train of thought here. So with the things that we still have to do though, is we still need to, you know, we still need to study the, the efficacy of it, like, mm-hmm. like, certain, uh, like Dr. Sisley's doing. And, um, but we seriously have to look at the mental health of our veterans and get this into the hands of the, of the VA, like they're doing in Canada. Yeah. So you had, you had Fabian on the show, mm-hmm. right? And so Fabian and I were talking about, um, pos- so when I went up to Canada to film uh, the segment with, with Fabian and I was actually going to film a potential follow-up called Prescribed where we would focus the first film on the veterans, you know, the, the, the whole need for it. And then the new one would be looking at places like Canada and, and Jerusalem and, and why they're, why it's working there and why aren't we doing it? In fact, uh, when Fabian got wind of it, um, you know, I, I was basically through my early social media acts, his, his, um, his girlfriend, uh, Jules, she like saw it and she decided to, to put me in touch with him and found out that we're basically on the same mission um, to, for, to heal veterans from trauma. Yeah. And if you know his story, it, I, it's, it's a long one, it's a good one, but it is his trauma. He also does the Veterans for Healing group. And when I went up there, it was during Remembrance Day, which is our Veterans Day. Um, and we did a whole ceremony with pinning the poppies in the trees and, and rec- remembering their fallen comrades in Afghanistan. A lot of them were engineers in, in the Canadian Army. And it was it was extremely touching. And if you watch the preview, the teaser that we, the proof of concept we came up for um, prescribed, you can see what a bonder is with these, with these, you know, these veterans, with these soldiers. And so when I was up there, Fabian talked to me about, he wants this to be a global thing one day. He'd love to see it brought down to the South, you know, and yeah. down to here, here in the States. And another year he brought me back up again, but this time he brought me with, with Josh and a gentleman by the name of Frank, who was, who's my, literally my poster child. He's, he's the guy that's on the cover with the tattoos with his head. Okay. And cane. Yeah. Um, Cause Frank is, Frank is a close friend of mine who helped me mm-hmm. put this together in, in the early days. And, um, it was, and it was, it's a spiritual time to get together with, with, with your peers who have, you know, similar cases, you know, and we, it all might be different. You know, one person might have an injury, you know, a, an amputee perhaps, and then somebody else, I've been hearing a lot of veterans are suffering from survivor's guilt. And, and my own personal trauma, like I said, I didn't, I had my suicide attempt mid, mid career and it wasn't even on a deployment or it wasn't, I didn't even go to, to combat. It was, it was something between my domestic life and my career life. And you don't take one home to the other and vice versa. And I had nowhere to go. And um, he told me trauma is trauma. It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a great book and I, and you may have somebody in your film may have talked about it. Uh, called the body keeps the score by um oh i can't remember got the guy says like a german last name something Vanderkirk or something like that mm-hmm. and it's a really good book that talks about trauma and how even if there's trauma that we're we don't have a may it may have been something that happened to us before we even remember like have a physical remembrance of it but our our body remembers that tra- trauma it's a it's a great book and i've i've recommended it to to other veterans that i've spoken to because it, it, it talks about how trauma and how it affects our body. And even though we've forgotten about it, it's still there latent in our body and how being aware of that can help us bring healing to our body too. Um, well, if I may, I was thinking it, it, it wouldn't do me justice to talk about the people that are in the film. 
Um, so Fabian, you had on the show, he mm -hmm. was brought in um, really to give that, that, that hint that, hey guys, why aren't we doing this? So yeah. I can lead into the story, but he had, it, it was a great story and I wish I could have told more of it in his, but the beginning opens with, with, uh, with a monologue by Boone Cutler. Um, and I hope I can get Boone on your show as well, because he I'd love to have well him on. Yeah. yeah, he's excellent. He's a good radio person. Um, but then it, then it leads into a, a gentleman named Josh Frey and, and mm -hmm. a lot of the story follows Josh and Josh is, 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 um, um, you know, he's still experiencing, you know, from the trauma because he's, he's had shoulder, you know, his shoulder was basically disintegrated from a gunshot wound and, yeah. Yeah, electrodes put in his back to help him heal some other injuries and he basically it's like if Murphy's Law could happen it could it couldn't happen to a nicer guy and it did where he wound up getting getting nearly blown up by an IED you know just filled with shrapnel from the grant from the explosion nearby and then a week later getting into a gunfight and getting his shoulder blown off and mm -hmm between the footage I got from the Department of Defense, um, you know, from the public access to um, some of Josh's own personal footage on top of uh, him putting me in touch with the cameraman who was embedded with his unit made some very personal uh, storytelling. And, and honestly, a lot of the film effort went into that. And yeah, I, wish, I, I wish thought it was people... unbelievable that y'all were able to get that footage of when he, you know, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, I was shocked that y'all were able to get that. Honestly, I'm like, I, I, I just never would have thought that y'all would have been able to, to have that kind of footage to actually, you know, so people could actually exactly. kind of be there when it happened. And, and then Josh is so animated and he's very, he yeah. doesn't like to talk to the, the pub, the press and things. He's great mm -hmm. with around vets and always oh, extremely vocal and outgoing and things like that. And by virtue, he, he, he had done some interviews and then he shied away from them, but Boone really encouraged him to be a part. And I thank Boone for doing that. Again, like I said, because he introduced me to, to Janine Lutz or Mama Lutz. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll see in the film that Josh is, he, he just, he gave me such a colorful, a very de robust detailed story. Yeah. I could actually, I, the whole piece literally had to be edited just for time because there were so many details and it was amazing. And, and that might even be a special feature I may do. Yeah. But that led me to Janine Lutz, whose son, um, John, Johnny, he, um, his story was a little different and he had just hurt his back, but he had some PTSD because they mm -hmm. had fallen into some very precarious situations where they had no supplies or anything. Yeah. And um, his, his, his story was he didn't use cannabis. His mom was believing that had cannabis been legal, him and many other veterans that aren't with us anymore probably still could be. And I think, like I mentioned in, in, in Israel and, and in Canada, it's working for their veterans. And why are we hiding our heads in the sand about this sort of thing? Her son took his life because he was twice prescribed a drug that they knew was affecting him mentally. And as I traveled around doing all these interviews, I've got many more stories that I, I just didn't have enough room to film or to, to include in that. Every one of them was the same. Every one of them was on a handful of pills, a combination. And you understand they're, they're giving it to them for things like sleep deprivation, 
but they're also given anxiety pills that are, affect their heart rates and other things. And then they're, you know, then they have back pains or some other kind of injuries that are given, you know, high opioids. And we know the story behind the opioid scandals and the crisis mm -hmm. here. And, um, and that's why it was great to get Dr. Sisley on here to, to get her study. And so for me, this is a way of supporting that, which is still, she's still fighting that with our federal government, but here I am. I'm getting I'm getting pretty winded about it, but it's it's great to talk because you know I've with with the COVID and things like this. This film is really a personal thing where we would do it with a, a screening with an audience. The, the 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 group of us, any one of us that could attend, would would come out and after showing the film, we would talk. I even had Josh's wife on once and and. I talked to some people in an audience with us once and yeah I'm sure she's got a unique perspective on this certainly certainly so we talked about um, Fabian's idea to bring it down to the states and make it worldly I thought well you know that's great maybe you know somebody who has the resources could do it but I I don't have anything like that mm -hmm. but then I realized with the with the virtual world that we're in now yeah well, we could, I've been working with virtual groups right now. Why can't we use this to join those different groups together? And so Fabian and I are in the, in the talks of, of, um, of, of bringing Veterans for Healing to the United States and, and heading, and I'll be heading the chapter for that. And, and hopefully, you know, that could spread to where eventually we can get different state chapters and, and do different things or we can tie into the GAF and, 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 uh, and the, the fund to help you know, rehabilitate these veterans, you know, using the four pillars of healing that Fabian mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that's great news because we do have quite a, I mean, we've gotten a, a growing number of states that at least where, where a lot of veterans will have access to medical cannabis. So, I mean, certainly worth, worth bringing it down and, and getting more veterans. And the more we can get involved in this type of program, the more lives we can save as a result. Absolutely. And that's what we're trying to do with the film is, is, is get the word out that, that this is what veterans are going through. You know, we're only 1% of the population, but it's also, you have to understand suicide and, and trauma are not, and PTSD on top of that are not limited to service members. And if people could see this and realize that if we, we can use this to wake up the government and this could speak for the rest of the country as well. So yeah. It, it, well, and it's and it's not like when those men and women come home with PTSD that it only affects them. Mm -hmm. It affects their immediate family, their extended family, their friends. So it doesn't just affect them; it affects a whole community. And absolutely. so when we bring healing to them, we bring healing to those communities. So we're affecting much more than one to two percent of the population. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed the film. I highly recommend that anybody that's listening go out and go to allegiancefilm.com and click wherever you want to listen, watch it and uh, highly recommend that you download and watch the film. What Now, you've mentioned that you're doing some virtual events. Do you have any of those coming up in the near future? And where can folks find out about those virtual streaming events? Veterans Initiative 22. Mm -hmm. is going to be doing a Veterans Appreciation Day on November 22nd in Baltimore. And I will give you a link. It's going to be in Ellicott City. It's going to be all day. It's going to be free to veterans. 
and we're going to have, I believe we might have a small viewing um, if there's enough space for social distancing, mm -hmm. but then we're also going to make an opportunity um, where people can go on Eventbrite and they can pre-register if they're a veteran, they can get it for free and we'll, they'll receive a link on where they can watch the film. Perfect. That sounds great. Well, it considering how many people that have military backgrounds have difficulty in large crowds, maybe this uh, virtual event is a better, better venue for them all the way around. I agree. Yeah. Especially with that, that social phobia that a lot of us have. And, and now a lot of us having agoraphobia, I think it's a good thing where they can still connect. And that's what my mission is going to be. Um, my mission's always been about preventing suicide of all kinds, veteran suicide, especially because we have sort of unique difference from the other 99% of the, you know, the rest of the civilian population. And, um, you know, creating that awareness is, is my goal. I don't think we can stop suicide, but we can definitely lower the numbers. 22 veterans a day is staggering. And, you know, they argue, oh, well, that number is too high. It's more like 17. I don't care, but one is too many a day. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and so that's what, what the purpose of the film is to talk about. I think we're finally have some awareness about opioid, um, uh, you know, the abuse of the, pharma, the pharmaceutical companies and things, but we still have to hold them accountable and we still have to come up with alternatives. I think cannabis is that alternative. And to prevent our veterans, um, you know, people like myself who work in the federal government, um, you know, a lot of us, like when I worked at the Pentagon, I had a top secret clearance and so I, I obviously couldn't use it because I get pissed, piss tests regularly. And so there's that fear of losing your job. Well, listen, I told you I have anxiety. I want to be able to be treated even though I'm in a state that's legal in Maryland. But if you work in a federal job, like thousands of others in the DMV area, the, the, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, thousands of us are veterans and we work for the federal government. And the the number of us that are suffering from anxiety and, and other issues like that can be helped, you know, because let's face it, alcohol is the only thing that has been, we've been conditioned for. And I've had personal negative experiences with that, that I don't drink anymore because of that. But, you know, my insomnia still isn't being treated and I can't do the, the heavy pills they do. And so I suffer. So well, even, even if we get it legalized or at least, taken down from a schedule one it, it's it's going to be overcoming that stigma mm -hmm. and the the negative feelings that people have about it and and even you know some private employers in states that are legal they still discriminate against people who use cannabis just because of all the all the negative propaganda that's been put out about it so we we've got an uphill battle but i'm i'm very pleased to see the work that you're doing, the work that Fabian is doing, and, and that y'all are going to bring some of that to the, to the United States, because it's not just, it's not, cannabis isn't an end-all be-all. It is one piece of a, a puzzle, and, you know, Fabian, it seems like they're doing great work, work up there with, with veterans and getting, getting the whole body, you know, and not just using cannabis, but just getting the whole thing in there. Absolutely, and that'll be our mission, is, is to bring that, this here, to do the, uh, <clears throat> to do the uh, the outings that they do, to do the four pillars of healing, but also to add on the extra, you know, to fight for veteran access to cannabis in states that are still inaccessible. So we want to make this a, a national and a whole North America thing and then eventually mm -hmm. make it a global thing, a whole NATO-wide type of event. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to partnering with Fabian on that. So more to follow. Him and I are going to have a discussion this week and uh, we'll hear some more news on that. That's great. That, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. That's, that's very promising. Steve, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for this film. Like I said, I watched it and I loved it. I highly recommend it to everybody to go out and check it out. And it gives you, you know, it's, it's, it takes you on a roller coaster of emotions for sure. So it's, it's a great film. You did a, a great job. And, and I, I am glad that I didn't have to be the one to pick and choose what actually went into the film. Cause I'm sure there's a lot that you weren't able to get in there because of time constraints, but you did a great job. Thank you very much. I thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it much. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, go check out the show notes. I'll put links to uh, the event that's coming up and then to your website on the show notes for today's episode. And that way folks can go learn more about you and learn more about um, the work that you're, any events you've got coming up and any and the work that you've got going on in the future. Look forward to it. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Steve. Right. Bye-bye. Show notes for today's episode can be found out at CannabisHillsMe.com slash 126 please go out and either watch or share or both watch and share the film Unprescribed. I think it is an excellent film that talks about the healing powers of cannabis for our veterans. And if you know of any veterans who are struggling with PTSD, put this bug in their ear. Tell them about this film and maybe they can get plugged into a community and be able to use cannabis as part of a treatment plan for their PTSD and any physical ailments that they might have. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We will be back here on Monday with another healing story. Until then, you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.